Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. Join me as we explore spirituality, sexuality, wellness, and the magical world around us. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. This week, I guess you could say this episode is about a year in the making. I went off hormonal birth control one year ago, May, and for the last 12 months, it has been quite the roller coaster. I had been on hormonal birth control for 16 years, so coming off of that has been a super wild ride, both for myself and for my husband, bless his heart. He has been great through all of this. But because there was so little information out for me when I decided to go off the pill, I wanted to share my experience in hopes that maybe it'll give you some advice if you're considering coming off of the pill, and maybe it'll have a little bit of guidance for you because I know I did feel pretty alone when I first started on this journey. Now, Just a couple of disclaimers before we get started. First and foremost, this is just my experience. It is personal to me. Just because I went through something doesn't necessarily mean it would happen to everyone. So just listen to this like story time. And that's basically what I'm doing, sharing my experience with you. Also, I am not a doctor, a nurse, a health or medical professional. I'm not a health coach. So this is not intended at all to be medical advice. And number three, I am not anti-birth control at all. I absolutely support a woman's right to choose whether or not she wants to have a baby. I know that the birth control pill is an incredibly effective tool to help manage fertility for those women who do not want to fall pregnant. I just think there needs to be a lot more education and information given to women, especially young women who are put on the pill by doctors, in my opinion, pretty willy-nilly, without ever discussing with them some of the side effects they might experience if they're on this drug for years and years and years like I was. So with all of those disclaimers said, let's get into story time. So the first thing I'd love to do is talk about my experience with my period when I was a teenager. When I was young, I remember my period being very light not having to use very many tampons or pads, and I do remember that my cycle was pretty long. I can't exactly remember the days, um, but I'm guessing it happened about every month and a half or so, and I think that's pretty normal, actually, for teenage girls to have a longer cycle. So another thing that happened for me, though, is I was experiencing an eating disorder at that time, and I'm sure that it wreaked havoc on the regularity of my period. Also, I played multiple sports and was extremely active. So all I really remember is that my period was very, very light. In my senior year in high school, I started getting hormonal acne on my chin, jaw, and around my mouth. And I went to a dermatologist and got some medicine for it. It cleared up. I went about my way. When it came time to go to college, I saw that acne start popping up again. And I did a poll aka talk to all the girls in the dorm, and they were all talking about the fact that the pill, the hormone pill, the birth control pill, could help your face, it could clear up your skin. So I was like, hell yeah, sign me up for that. 
Also, about this time, there were commercials that were really advertising these low-dose hormone birth control pills as just a savior for your monthly breakout. And I had a boyfriend, a long-term boyfriend, who I was considering having sex with, so the pill kind of just killed two birds with one stone. So I went on the birth control pill in the fall of my freshman year in college, and I was on some form of birth control up until May of 2020. Now, throughout those 16 years, I was on the oral contraceptive pill for most of that time. However, I was on uh, the Mirena IUD for about two and a half years in the middle of that. And that's important to note because the breakthrough bleeding that I was seeing pre-IUD and post-IUD was very different. And I say breakthrough bleeding because the one thing I have learned after coming off of the pill is you do not have a period when you are on the pill. That is not a period because you are not ovulating. So the bleeding that you see is a hormonal breakthrough bleed, but it is not a real period because a period is really just defined by your body's ovulating. And if your body's not ovulating, then it's not really a period. I had no idea about that, but one of the lessons that I have learned. So when I first got on the pill, my breakthrough bleeding would happen pretty much like clockwork on Wednesday of those little placebo pills. If you've taken the pill, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I'd bleed for a couple of days and it would be over by the weekend. When I went on the Mirena, I completely stopped bleeding. And that was a little weird for me. I didn't think too much of it, and I wasn't super worried about it. The only thing I was worried about is falling pregnant and not knowing because I wasn't ever having a bleed. So every once in a while, I would take a pregnancy test just to make sure I wasn't pregnant, and I never was. Clearly, I was terrified of getting pregnant. Like, that should also be said. That is something that has always terrified me. So those two, two and a half years on the Mirena IUD really saw me experiencing no bleeding whatsoever. And I eventually went off of that, had that taken out because my ex-husband at the time was just saying, you know, you have such crazy hormones. You have such mood swings. You are basically just telling me that I was a horrible bitch. And now I'm thinking back, I'm like, was I really the problem or were you? But again, that's a podcast for another day. I had it taken out. I went back on the pill and I was really having little to no breakthrough bleeding. Um, I went to a doctor a couple of months after getting the IUD taken out, and I was like, look, I don't know what's going on. You know, I haven't had any bleeds at all. I'm taking the placebo pills. Nothing's happening. And I remember her saying, you know, if you ever wipe and you just see a speck of blood, just like a tiny spotting of blood, that's your breakthrough bleed now. Like your body's just not been producing any of that tissue. So yeah, that's just what you're going to have. And so it took a couple of years. And at the end, right before I decided to come off the pill, I think I was maybe using one tampon a month. It was extremely light still. And I was fortunate enough not to have any, you know, cramping or any issues like that. So that's kind of my journey having been on the pill. I got on it for the acne and for its purpose, birth control, and stayed on it for 16 years. Now, when I had my spiritual awakening, I started feeling like, what would it be like to really bleed, like to 
feel the cyclical way a woman is actually supposed to and designed to feel the ups and the downs. And I really just wrestled with that for a while because I was so terrified of getting pregnant. I didn't want to just go off the pill and rely solely on condoms. And I didn't have any background knowledge about really how hormones worked. I was really under the impression that I could get pregnant any day of the damn month, which is another falsity. You are not fertile every day of the month. And that is absolutely a fear that was instilled in me by the mostly abstinence-based sex education I received as a middle schooler. So I was sitting here thinking, I've got to take this pill because no matter what, if I go off of it, I'm going to be fertile immediately and I'm going to get knocked up. So I was pretty scared. But I talked with my boyfriend at the time, now husband, and he was really on board with my belief that uh, I didn't want to have children. I was choosing to be child-free. He was okay with that. And so in February of 2020, he got a vasectomy. And I was really excited. I was excited to go off of the pill and excited to (laughs) go on this journey. And what a journey it has been. So Micah gets a vasectomy in February, and I start doing a bit of research, and I talk to my gynecologist, and I said, you know, I'm going to go off of the pill. What should I expect, and what do I do? And she was like, well, you know, you just stop taking it and start tracking your cycle. I'm like, what does that mean? What the hell does that mean? And through a little bit of research online, I discovered that tracking your cycle at its most basic level is... The first day you bleed is day one, and you count every day until your next bleed, and then that's day one. So the number of days between those two bleeds is your cycle length. And that's really the first thing I was told to do. Now, I also asked my doctor about any side effects that I might experience, any issues that might come up. I mean, I'd been on this drug for 16 years. Like, come on, there has to potentially be something that's going to happen. And was really kind of just told, well, there's not really any data to show yes or no, but yeah, you might experience some weird side effects. That's pretty much it. Well, of course, me being the researcher that I am, I immediately went to Google and was like, going off the pill or uh, post-pill side effects and holy shit, like the terror, weight gain, acne, irregular cycles, completely no cycles. Um headaches, complete loss of libido. Those were just some of the things that I was seeing pop up. And I was like, okay, what can I do to remedy that, to stop that from happening? And the first thing I found was a book by a woman named Elisa Vitti. Woman Code is the name of the book. And she had actually just come out with her second book, In the Flow. So I picked both of those books up, read them cover to cover, highlighting, writing in the margins. And she also had a supplement line called the balance supplements from Flow Living, which is her company. And just an aside, Elisa Vitti is a woman's hormone expert. I have had the pleasure of interviewing for work. She's out of the Manhattan area and she is a health coach as well, nutritional health, functional health coach, I guess you'd call her. And she wrote these books and really is kind of a guru on women's cycles, especially here in the States. So I bought her balanced supplements and I started cleaning up my diet even before I went off the pill. And so I take magnesium, I take B vitamins, probiotics, I take some things for gut health and metabolism as well. And it's all in this 
pack that comes every two months. I don't even have to think about it. But I started supporting myself with those before I got off of the pill because everything I was reading was you want to support your body as best as you can even before you stop taking the pill. So Woman Code and In the Flow were the books I read before I stopped taking the pill. I threw out my pill packet, I think of the first or second week of May, um, and started tracking my cycle with the MyFlow app, which is also an app uh, by Elisa Vitti. And everything was kind of chill for a while. Um, I did notice one thing that is still lingering to this day. My libido took a nosedive. I mean, it was gone, gone. And that was really the biggest complaint I had in May and June. I mean, really up until this day, but that was the first thing that I noticed is the fact that I was not turned on. I didn't want to self-pleasure. I didn't want to have sex. I didn't want to read erotica, anything. I, I was feeling nothing down there. And it really almost felt like below the waist for me was dead. So again, being the researcher and reading all of these books, I started noticing a super troubling thing that one of the issues women have coming off of the pill is a complete lack of libido because the pill can decrease your libido because it basically messes with your sex hormone binding globulin, SHBG. And that is raised when you're taking the pill. It'll basically suck up testosterone and it can even stay elevated after you stop taking the pill. So sucking up all the testosterone, which is the hormone that kind of helps spark your libido, can linger well after you have stopped taking the pill. And there's really not many good studies out there to show whether or not that's ever going to go back to normal. And me being on the pill for 16 years, it is something that I still constantly worry about seeing as how one year afterwards, I still really do not feel anywhere near as turned on and as passionate when it comes to sex as I was beforehand. So that's really an incredibly sad symptom that I'm still going through right now. So after going off the pill, about two months later, I had a one day bleed. It was dark. It was crumbly. It was very, very light. It was weird. Like it, it was weird. And then nothing. July rolls around, I think end of July. Um, I actually end up joining this group online called the Golden Yoni membership. And it is run by a woman named Rosie Reese. Um, and it's all about, you know, self-pleasure, getting back into yourself uh, with crystals and self-pleasure practices. I was trying anything at this point just to try to boost that libido naturally. A little bit later that month, I had a three-day bleed. I had some spotting. It was still very dark brown. It was very clumpy. It was weird. And so at this point, my cycle was like 40 days long. The color did not really look like blood, and it was still very, very, very light. Now, at the end of July, early August, I got COVID. So I think that that actually delayed my cycle even more. Um, I think at that point, my cycle was probably 40 to 45 days between those two periods. And all summer long, my mood has just been kind of all over the place. Like I'll have really great days where I'm focused and then I will snap, right? And just want to kill everybody for relatively small things. So at this point, we've got no libido. 
and I'm like a raging witch with a B. Seriously. Then August rolls around and my hair starts to fall out. And being a TV news anchor, that was terrifying. I started noticing it at first on my part. It was like getting more and more separated. And then I would just pull out clumps of hair whenever I was washing my hair. Um, Then it started at my temples and it was just really, really thin. And then all over my hair was just changing. It was oily for the first time in decades. Um, It had completely lost its luster. Like I said, it was falling out. And I went and talked to my hairstylist. I was like, girl, what the hell is happening? And I told her about going off birth control. She was like, yeah, that's a thing. Like hormones and your hair go hand in hand. If you've messed up your hormones and you're having hormone instability, it can absolutely be triggering your hair loss. So that was terrifying. The other thing that started popping up in August was the cystic acne. It was back. It was deep cystic pimples like I'd had when I was a teenager, surface level pimples as well, mostly around my jaw and my mouth. And they were so painful and I just felt so ugly, right? So I've got to be on TV every day and I've got just these bumps all over my face. And no matter how many people told me, oh, it's not that bad. If you've had acne, like, you know what I'm talking about when you just feel uncomfortable and not confident. So as these months progress, I also notice like a troubling thing going on. And I don't now honestly know if it was the pandemic or if it was coming off of birth control. But there are studies that show that the birth control pill can increase depression and anxiety. Two things I experienced when I was on the pill. I was treated for anxiety. I took medicine for antidepressive symptoms when I was going through my late 20s. And when I came off the pill about September, I started feeling incredibly anxious again. I started feeling depressed and kind of just feelings of like nothing to look forward to, no joy. Now, we were also in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. So I think that had a lot to do with it and also feeling burnt out from work. But I also do think that it had some connection to the fact that I was coming off of the pill. In Late September, early October, I decide, okay, I got to go see what the hell is going on with these hormones. My hair is still falling out. I've still got acne. I'm starting to gain a little bit of weight um, very slowly. Nothing, you know, super drastic. My hair is oily. My skin is different. And everything I was reading at this point was saying, you know, get your hormones checked. It could be something else. One book that is one of my favorites to this day and really the thing that pointed me to getting these checks, these hormones checked, was The Period Repair Manual by Laura Bryden. Excellent book. It talks a lot about period issues. Um, Another one that I also really loved is Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton. Excellent if you're going off the pill. I wish I had read it before I went off the pill. So if you're listening and you are are taking hormonal birth control, but you're considering maybe coming off of it, I highly suggest picking up Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton um, before you do that. So I go and get my hormones checked. And the labs do confirm kind of what I had been thinking might have been going on, and that is PCOS. PCOS stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And for me, it 
presented as a long cycle, an incredibly light period. I also had elevated testosterone and other androgens, and they weren't skyrocketed rates, but they were elevated enough for my gynecologist and the hormone specialist to say, all right, it's PCOS. (laughs) What was the first thing they said could fix PCOS? Oh, you can go back on the birth control pill. No, 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 thank you. I will try to do this naturally. They also suggested a couple of other medications. But at this point, I was like, hell no, I'm not putting any more hormones in my body. I want to figure out what I really feel like without all of this shit in there. So I start taking my basal body temperature. Every morning I wake up, take my body temperature, my you know thermometers right next to my bed, plug it into my app. And basically that was because my gynecologist was saying, you need to make sure you're actually ovulating because you could just be having these breakthrough bleeds if you're not definitely ovulating. And I was like, yeah, definitely a question that I had too. So I started taking my temperature every day and inputting that into my app um, and really just reading everything I could. Another book I loved is Code Red by Lisa Lister. It's a bit more woo-woo and esoteric. It's more living cyclically and connecting with the nature of your cycles. I loved it. She also has a book called Love Your Lady Landscape. That one is amazing. And I'm also reading right now Wild Power. It is by Alexandra Pope and Shawnee Hugo Wurlitzer, the founders of Red School. And honestly, this one might be my favorite book so far, as far as just like living cyclically and really in total communion with, you know, your hormones. It doesn't have as much jargon as far as like what to eat and really the more medical background as um, period repair manual and woman code and in the flow. So if that's what you need, definitely pick those books up. If you're looking for more of like a holistic woo-woo approach, Wild Power might be the one you want to pick up. So in November, I started working with a registered dietitian. I got her on board because... I didn't know where else to go. I knew I needed to change the way I ate because of my PCOS diagnosis, but I was getting so much conflicting information. Some folks say, don't eat carbs, don't eat sugar. Some people say it's okay in moderation. And I still haven't figured out what my driver of PCOS might be. I have a feeling it's either insulin resistance or it was because I was coming off of the pill. And I actually have some lab test later this month. So when I get those back, maybe I'll do an update and tell you where we're at with that. But the first thing the dietitian had me do is start eating more food because eating in a deficit for as long as I had, not eating enough food for so many years had also wreaked havoc on my hormones and caused elevated stress hormones, cortisol levels, which could then negatively impact any of the other hormones situation that I had going on. So I gradually start to eat more and more. And finally, in I believe January or February, I started seeing things turn around. My hair started coming back in. I have the cutest little like baby bangs because of how much hair I've lost around my hairline. And my skin started to clear up as well. Then my cycle started becoming more quote unquote regular It was coming in at 33 days for several cycles in a row. And finally, in April, I had what I would like to call my best period yet. It was four to five days long. It looked like blood. It was 
It was doing great. Now, we're sitting here one year later. I have acne on my face. I feel bloated. And, you know, the journey is still that. It's a journey. And it has been one where I have just cried at times for no reason. Same thing with joy, though, laughing for no reason. And I really have felt very connected to my body over the last year, more connected than I ever have before. And I think as someone who, you know, silenced her body through eating disorders and also through taking the pill, just that connection alone for me, I think, is really worth the other issues. The feelings of connection and embodiment that I have, yeah, I think are worth also going through the mood swings and also going through the hair loss and the acne because I do see improvements in those things and I am very hopeful that they will just continue to get better and better. So that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Like I said, I've got some labs that will be done at the end of this month. We'll see what's happening. Um, I did just have my vaccine and I got the first shot in April. My cycle came five days early. I'm getting my second shot next week. So I don't know. That's something that I've heard a lot of people talking about the COVID vaccine impacting periods. It did make mine come five days early and it was a shorter period than it had been for the last two cycles. So I don't know. I'll keep you guys updated on that as well. But I wanted to just kind of share a couple of lessons that I've learned in the last 12 months when it comes to my period. And I think the first one really is that you have to read everything you can because your doctor may not have the information that you need. My doctor really did not give me any information except chart your cycle and good luck. She did really support me when I wanted to have those labs done a couple of months after coming off of the pill. But it was the books I read and the blogs I read and the Instagram people and the YouTube videos that truly guided me on this journey, much more so than those MDs, you know? Also, birth control does not fix symptoms, period problems. It doesn't fix it. In my opinion, the pill is just kind of a Band-Aid. My acne, which was one of the main reasons I went on the pill, Where is it right now? It's back with a vengeance, right? And I really have to think that if I had known more about eating the right foods for my cycle, I mean, I may have had PCOS as a teenager. I know my birth mom has PCOS, so it could absolutely be something that ran in my family. And that maybe was why I was experiencing acne back then. So yeah, it definitely didn't fix that period problem. Do everything you can to strive for a healthy ovulation and make sure you are ovulating by either checking your basal body temperature or you can get those like LH strips, the ovulation strips from the pharmacy and take those just to make sure you are ovulating because then that'll give you a way better idea of whether or not you are actually having a period, especially if you're someone like me who's recently come off of the pill. I have tried very expensive thermometers. Right now, I'm actually testing out the Daisy thermometer, which is like 300 bucks. I was gifted it. I won it on an online competition, on online contest on Instagram. I also have one that's like 50 bucks from Amazon, and I kind of like that one better, honestly. I'll talk about that on my Instagram page for sure. Next, and this is something my husband told me I had to include. 
make a chart for your partner. Our chart shows what phase I'm in of my cycle. It shows my mood. It shows what I need from him. And it also shows whether or not I'm down for any sex. So I have a bunch of different moods listed, right? Like calm, happy, irritated, sad, mad, moody, teary. Um, Things I say that I've needed from him. Cuddles and kisses. Let's talk adventures or get the hell out of the house, like leave me alone. And then the under the sex part of the chart, it's like make out or, you know, passionate or we can have a quickie or no sex at all. Do not come near me. So the chart is definitely something he checks every single day. I've been kind of bad about it in the past, not remembering to update it every day, but it's just written on this whiteboard in his office. So He really enjoys that. And he'll come up and say, is the chart accurate? (laughs) So he likes that one. Also, I think my most valuable lesson I have learned for myself and one that I try to tell as many people as possible, when you are bleeding, when you are on your period, don't do anything. Like rest as much as you possibly can. I do not go to the gym. I do not do interviews for work or this podcast. I rest I walk the dogs and that's it. I'll maybe do a little stretching. I do a bunch of reading, baths, meditation, but I am really, really resting during that phase. And then my other advice is to try and cycle sync your exercise. That's something that Elisa Vitti really talks about in her books, and I love the information. And it basically says, you know, your mood and your energy are going to change throughout your cycle. So that means your exercise should too. You don't want to be pushing yourself doing those hit cardio boot camp classes 24-7 because according to VD, that can actually turn on muscle wasting and turn on fat storage. So you're going to be this hamster on the wheel and you're never going to see any results because while you might be killing it at the gym for the first two weeks of your cycle, the last two weeks of your cycle, if you're also trying to kill it at the gym, it's putting more stress on your body, raising your cortisol levels, and that's going to give you really the more potential to gain weight. So if you lost weight in the first two weeks, you might gain weight in the second two weeks. And at the end of the month, you're back to exactly where you were at the beginning of the month. So cycle sync your exercises. When you're bleeding, rest, maybe some light yoga. I love doing yoga nidra and yin yoga. When I'm in my follicular phase, I'll go walk out in nature, do some biking, fun cardio classes, dance classes, because that's your inner spring. And that's when you're kind of feeling those energies rise in your body, just like in spring. In summer, it is like go time, reach your PRs, run, hit the gym, do hit. I mean, you're killing it in those couple of days of your inner summer. And then in your luteal phase or inner autumn, um, for me, I have experienced really great weightlifting days at the beginning of my luteal phase. But towards the end, I can feel inner winter or my bleed coming on and I really have very little energy at all. So some light Pilates, yoga, walks in nature again, But I definitely suggest looking into cycle syncing your exercise. And even if you just try it for a couple of months, if you're a total gym rat and you're someone who isn't on hormonal birth control, I think it's very cool. And it also really just makes me not get bored, right? Number six on the lessons I have learned in the last year, you're going to need to 
potentially take some supplements, right? So you want to have supplements. You want to eat whole foods and balanced blood sugar. The number one supplement that Elisa Vitti suggests for everyone coming off of the pill is magnesium. She has a great one. There are also many other blogs out there and books that can help guide you. Like I said at the beginning, I'm not a medical professional, so I can't really give advice on what hormones to take and which ones not to. But I will say, really do your research because I tried to jump on the supplement train to fix all of the little things going on and I think ended up really just overwhelming myself. As far as balancing your blood sugar, I know if you are someone who has PCOS, that's very important. Something that I've really been trying to do is making sure my meals have a healthy protein, um, a complex carb, and a healthy fat, and that I'm eating enough throughout the day and not going these long periods without eating. I used to do intermittent fasting, and that is absolutely not something that I subscribe to at this point in my life because I was, I think, really raising those cortisol levels, stressing my body out more by not eating you know, until noon, until one. So I try to eat every couple of hours to help balance my blood sugar. And it really does help my mood stay a little bit more calm throughout the day. And also just know that it is a process. So right now I am up about eight to 10 pounds from when I came off the pill. And that is something I was very worried about as someone who is a recovered eating disorder survivor. Um, It sucks when my clothes don't fit like they did before. Um, there are definitely days I've had incredibly low days when like, I don't even want to look at myself in the mirror. And I know that's probably also impacting a lot of other things, my mood and my libido as well. But PCOS does make it a little bit harder at times to lose weight. Um, it's scary for me and I just kind of try not to focus on it, but living a life on TV, that can be very hard. The last thing in the lessons portion of this podcast is that, you know, I have found really productive times during my cycle and times that I really do need to rest. And menstrual cycle awareness is something that I am incredibly passionate about. Um, I think it is so cool how the body works, how these hormones change and how our moods really do fluctuate. And so what I'm trying to do is really pay very close attention to what my body wants, what my body needs. I try to ask it that every day and go with whatever it says. It's tough, but um, it is definitely an enlightening journey that I'm glad to be on. Now, before we go, there are a few things I wish I had known before. I guess I wish I'd known these before I even went on the pill, right? So first and foremost, when you're on the pill, it is not a real period. We kind of already went over that. Also, you are not fertile every day of your damn life. And the rhetoric of that fear being put into little girls right now pisses me off beyond belief just because that terrified me. It terrified me that I was going to get pregnant any day, you know, and that's just not the case whatsoever. Hiding symptoms with birth control can create havoc when you stop taking the pill. I had acne and then I went on the pill and I went off the pill and now I have acne again, right? So that's just one example. And I know there are way bigger period problems that people have out there, but the pill, I just do not believe should be given out like candy to every woman and girl, honestly, who goes to the gynecologist saying she's got a period problem without really trying to figure out what's causing the problem in the first place. And then... 
I think the thing I wish I had known is that the pill can kill your sex drive. Seriously. Um, mine is pretty non-existent to this point. I get a little frisky around ovulation, but it is absolutely nothing compared to even how it was when I was on the pill, which is kind of terrifying, right? I really wish I had known more about what might happen to me after going off of the pill before I ever started taking it. But honestly, I can't go back in time. And the last year, while it has had its ups and downs, has been incredibly informational for me, incredibly educational, eye-opening, and its own little spiritual awakening. There are so many people teaching about this online. I think more people need to be teaching about this online. I have even felt the calling to get a certification to become a menstrual cycle coach myself just because it does make me angry how little information is given to young girls about what is such a vital part of their life. Doctors are even saying it should be seen as the fifth vital sign, just as important as, you know, temperature and heart rate. If something's going on with your period, it should be taken just as seriously as if you've got a fever. So again, this has been a journey. It has been one that has been very eye-opening, and I didn't plan for this solo episode to last 35-plus minutes, but as you can tell, it is something I'm passionate about, and I'm passionate about opening the conversation. So if you want to talk more about this, please connect with me on Instagram at Leslie Draffin or at the Light Within Podcast. Email me at the Light Within Podcast at gmail.com, and check out the show notes because I will put all of the books that just changed my life this year. I'll also put a link to the supplements that I take. I'll give you some other tips as far as where you can go for your own menstrual cycle education. And honestly, if you just take one thing from this, the most important lesson I have learned for bleeders out there is when you are having your period, when you are bleeding, just rest, just calm, chill, like watch a movie, take a bath, take care of yourself and, and really just, just listen to your body. Your body knows exactly what it needs and we just have to learn to listen to it. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Light Within Podcast. And remember, there is no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.